chapter first Corinthians. First Chronicles four. About to wrap up the study of Jabez's prayer. There's much more that I could share out of this, but we're getting close. Amen. <clears throat> Praise God. First Chronicles four. Verse nine. There was a man named Jabez who was more honorable than any of his brothers. His mother named him Jabez because his birth had been so painful. He was the one who prayed to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and expand my territory. Please be with me in all that I do and keep me from all trouble and pain. And God granted him his request. God bless you as you're seated. Amen. By the way, before I dive in one more thing on this, uh, two Sundays ago, I hope you were blessed Sunday. I couldn't be here, but God was with me. Amen. But last Sunday, the Sunday before last, I preached out of Psalm 71. Lord, you have allowed me to suffer many hardships. Monday morning, as this woman began to speak of her hardships in life, I told her, Dolores, you won't believe this, but let me tell you what I preached about Sunday. And as I began reading Psalm 71 to her, she broke down in tears. Friend, God has his way of reaching out to our hearts. Amen. Through the Word of God. Never discount the power of the Word of God. Whether it's through Elder Smith, Appling, Tyler, Brother Finger, myself, anyone else who ministers. It may seem routine. It may seem kind of ordinary. But friend, God is orchestrating His truth for hungry hearts. Amen. Embrace it. Let God bring His will tonight. Amen. Please be with me in all that I do and keep me from all trouble and pain. <clears throat> Will he ever leave us? No. Will he ever forsake us? I will never leave you nor forsake you, he promised. The psalmist writes, if I should take the wings of the morning, fly to the furthest ends of the earth, you're there. If I, sh if I should make my bed in Sheol, in hell, you're there. No matter where I am, you are there. His promise is that he will always be with us. And I think it means a whole lot more than, where am I now? Uh, oh, 4911 Evers Road. God is here. A little bit, I'll be at 7055 Shadow Run, and God will be there. Well, he is. But I think it means more that he is with us at every intersection of our lives. Every situation that arises, everything that presents itself to us, God is there. I will never leave you nor forsake you. He's not going to back away from us when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Thy rod, thy staff, they comfort me. So Jabez implored God to be with him in all that he does. And he says, keep me from all trouble and pain. 
That seems like a prayer they will never be answered, or surely not fully. We know even when we feel alone, at least our head knows that God is with us. Sometimes our heart doesn't feel it, right? We feel discouraged. We feel alone. But our head can say, hey, come on, let's, let's, let's go to the songs. Let's go to the Word. Let's read. And uh, we start realizing He really is with us. But the prayer, don't keep me from all trouble and pain. Is God ever going to keep us from all trouble and pain? No. I don't think somehow that Jabez was praying, don't ever let me feel pain again. Because we're going to feel pain. Sorry if you don't feel pain now. Give it a couple of years. God bless you. Amen. It happens. Life catches up with us. We start feeling aches and pains. We'll go through situations of life where we will feel pain. Harm can come to us. Trouble can come to us at any given point. It rains on the just and on the unjust. In fact, Jesus promised us they hated me, they hate you. They mistreat me, they're going to mistreat you. They persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. It's a guarantee that at some point, as children of God, we're going to go through persecution with trials, tribulations. So this prayer is not to circumvent what is inevitable. I think the prayer is about the lasting effect of harm and pain. Jared, you got a splinter in your finger, didn't you? We were trying to put up election signs and wooden stakes, and oh, they have splinters everywhere. And all of a sudden, Jared, oh, that hurts. Is it still hurting? When's the last time you thought of it? It just kind of goes away, right? But at the moment, it was painful. It was a nice little tear in his finger. Oh, ouch, that looks painful. It hurts right now. But after a few days, just a couple of days, now it's like, oh, oh yeah, I had a splinter. It begins to fade from us, right? Whereas there can be other injuries that are much longer lasting. My wife's getting around well. If you've never had a broken foot, God bless you. Brother Sullivan says, I know what he's talking about. Amen. <laughs> Anyone else had a broken foot? Oh, Brother Ray. Brother Ray knows what I'm talking about. Amen. We have a broken foot club going on here. Amen. <laughs> Takes a while. Brother Ray, it took you over a year, right, to, to get back your, your full strength. Some hurts, some harm take a long time to get over. There are other things that never improve. I was reminded, story I hadn't thought about in a long time. About nine months ago, there was some entertainer doing some stunt. I can't remember where it was. With a car, something that was on chains, and somehow that car, literally vehicle, a car broke, fell and crushed this man, and he's paralyzed from the neck down. Young man. Never walk again. Some hurts never get better. Jabez said, God, I know there's going to be pain. I know there's going to be harm. But keep me 
from the lasting effects of that harm and of that pain. I believe that's the intent of what he's praying. Not that I'll never feel trouble or pain again. I, we're going to have that trouble. We're going to have that pain. But friend, it doesn't have to be overwhelming. It doesn't have to be the end of the world for us. We have a hope that the harm, the trouble, the pain will go through it. And at the end, as we come out of that valley of the shadow of death, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. I want to take you to Psalm 121. You know this psalm. It's a short psalm, eight verses. But I want to remind you in the next few minutes before I let you go home. Amen. I want to... Remind you these words, these stirring words. Um, This is part of a a set of 15 psalms, commonly known as the Songs of Ascent. Or, in this case, in this uh, translation, they're called Songs of Degrees. That doesn't mean bachelor's, master's, doctorate, no. Phases, psalms of stages. These were songs that were sung as the Israelites journeyed three times a year to Jerusalem for the required feasts. They didn't have Eatrans, they didn't have I 10, 410, 35, 37, whatever freeway is your favorite freeway. They didn't have all that. They had dirt roads if they had any roads at all. These roads were often plagued with thieves. When Jesus used the parable of the Good Samaritan, they knew exactly what he was talking about when he talked about that dangerous stretch of road. It it was a real stretch, and it was a terrible place to be because of the robbers, because of the danger that lurked there. Now, God commanded Israel, three times a year, you're going to go to Jerusalem. You will travel to Jerusalem. Do you remember what's going to happen in the millennial reign of Christ on this earth when he sets up his throne in Jerusalem? He's going to command, the scripture says, he's going to command that all nations of the earth go where? To Jerusalem to worship. And if they don't go, what's going to happen? He's going to shut the clouds. They're not going to have rain. They're going to have trouble. They're going to have pain if they don't go to Jerusalem and worship. There's a precedent that came in the Old Testament, and it's going to be in the end times as well. Literally, if you don't go and worship, you're going to have curses. You're going to have trouble from God. God said you're going to go at least three times a year. From wherever you are, leave your home, leave your work, go to Jerusalem and worship. You know, it doesn't sound very fair to me that God would require us to go through such hardship just to be in His presence. And I say it a little tongue-in-cheek because Wednesday nights are tough. It's the middle of the week. We suffer to get to church, don't we? Yeah, we're tired. Sometimes there's traffic. Sometimes we work late. Sometimes we're not feeling well. But friend, not a single one of us has had to walk to church 
lately, have we? How many days have you walked to church? Jesus himself had to make that journey. It was about 90 miles from his hometown to Jerusalem. Who lives the furthest away? Brother Tyrone, how, how far do you, do you live from here? 20 minutes. Driving. Sister Villa. How far? You and your husband, Brother Appling, I think, are on the far-flung outskirts, probably the furthest away, edge of the world. How long would it take you to walk from your house to church? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you, would you think that any of us in today's world would be willing to walk 20 miles, 30 miles, 90 miles to church? even if it was just three times a year? Hmm. But they were required to. God said, I want you to go to church. I want you to be in my presence. And it's a physical application, but there's a spiritual application. God said, I require you, I want you to come close to God in your spirit. I want you to make the journey into the presence of God. God knew full well the dangers that were on the road to Jerusalem. And yet he required his people to do that. Not unfair, no. The Psalms reflect the fact that our God is able to protect us on the journey to his presence. These psalms of degrees or psalms of ascent were sung by the groups of people traveling to Jerusalem. Sometimes they were sung as they went up and down the steps of the temple itself. Different levels had different songs. But this one is one of those that was sung as they journeyed. Let me read it to you in the King James Version quickly and then we'll switch over to New Living Translation the first verse is not a statement, it is a question. If you read it in Spanish, it's a question. Read it in, I guess, any, pretty much any of the newer modern language translations, it's a question. I'm not sure why it was translated as a statement. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills, from whence cometh my help? It's a question. Where does my help come from? And then he answers, my help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. So as they're journeying, they're tired, they're weary, and frankly, they're looking around at the hills and wondering, are the bandits going to come out of the hills? Are the bears and the lions going to come out of the hills? There are certain areas of town, San Antonio, that if I broke down, I'd be worried. Anyone else? You and I would be sitting in our cars, hoping and praying that the phone works and the police get there, AAA gets there, somebody gets there, help us out. And as you're sitting there, what are you going to be doing? You're going to be looking around like, <gasps> I saw something move. Oh, ooh, that? no, please, no, don't let it be a robber. No. So as they walked, they were fearful. And the risk was real. The hills were not things of beauty to them. 
They were things of fear. Because in the hills, the question was, what's in those hills? Is it robbers? Is it bears? Is it lions? Is it other dangers? What's lurking there? As we walk, and remember the valley of the shadow of death, is, the valley is between what? Hills or mountains. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills. And I'm asking myself, <clears throat> from where is my help going to come? Not from the hills. He answers, my help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. Hallelujah. I was reading a writer thinking about this, and he reminded me in his writings, friend, at those hills that can seem so dark and menacing. Those things that rise up in our lives, the situations that rise in our lives that cause us to fear and to wonder and to tremble. My friend, God made the hills that we're afraid of. He shaped the hills. He knows every rock, every blade of grass or sticker burr or weed on those hills. He knows everything about those hills. They seem dark and menacing to us. But the psalmist says, as I lift up my eyes to the hills and I wonder from whence cometh my help, my help comes from the Lord, which made the heavens and the earth. Hallelujah. Friend, you got to realize that God made the situation that you're in. I'm not saying that he caused you to go through it. But friend, he is the one that knows everything, every inch of your situation. He knows it. Jabez said, God, deliver me from pain and trouble. Don't let these things overwhelm me. And Israel learned that secret of praying with faith and actually singing their prayers. And there's power when you start singing. Amen. I will lift up mine eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made those hills. Amen. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. My wife's foot moved a couple of weeks ago. It rolled under her. She fell. She broke her foot. We don't want our feet to roll, to stumble. We want his angels round about us lest we dash our foot against a stone. Amen. In our spiritual journey, we want God to not suffer our feet to be moved. And How many times have you called a customer service line just after 5 o'clock? We're sorry. Our office is closed. Great. Well, I'll call tomorrow. Oh, no, it's Friday. Now I have to wait till Monday. Friend, God's customer service line never goes offline. Amen. He's never late. He's never too busy to pick up your, uh, your call. Amen. He that watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Amen. The Lord is thy keeper. Stop being so independent. Stop pretending that you don't need God's help. You and I need God to keep us. 
How many times did we hear our kids reject our offer of help? I do it, was the refrain. I do it. I do it. I want to take care of everything on my own. And we knew good and well. I do it means I'm about to start crying because I'm going to get hurt. (laughs) Quit being so independent with God and pretending that you've got it all under control. You don't. Elder Smith, after all these years of walking with God, you still need God, don't you? You'll never stop needing God. I don't care how many years you've walked with God. We need a keeper. And friend, the Lord is thy keeper. Hallelujah. Keep me from pain and trouble, Lord. Jabez is praying, be my keeper. Watch over me. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. If you're in the heat of the desert, you need shade. You need someone to give you rest in your troubles. I don't know when God's going to get me out of certain situations, but you know what? He's given me some shade. Hallelujah. I know that it's still going to be okay. I wish I were out of the sun. Amen. I wish I were out of the trouble. But you know what? He's with me. There's shade there. It's a reminder. Everything's okay. God is still with us. Your keeper will neither sleep nor slumber, and he's a shade on your right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day. Ever felt that the sun was smiting you? How about the moon by night? That puzzled me a little bit. How can the moon smite you by night? Sometimes it's dark. Sometimes the moon doesn't shine. And it's dark. Other times the moon can be blood red. There's an eerie cast to the night. I think it's talking about the way we feel about things. Sometimes we're just not at ease. We're not at peace. Nothing seems right, either day night, daylight or nighttime. Nothing seems right. It's okay. God is with us. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. Hallelujah. He shall preserve thy soul. Oh, my friend, someday this body go dust to dust. Job said, even though the gray worms eat my flesh. You know what? In this flesh, I will stand before God. Amen. Because no matter what happens to this earthly temple, He will preserve your soul. Take that to the bank. Amen. You can be sure of the fact that He is the one who preserves you. The Lord shall preserve. Three times. I'm finishing, but listen. The Lord shall preserve thee from evil. He shall preserve... Thy soul, he shall preserve thy going in, out and coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Stand if you will, please. <clears throat> Have you ever gone to the pantry and you find a loaf of bread? It's been there a little bit. 
You open up that loaf and you pull out green fuzzy stuff. Isn't that disappointing? I wanted some bread. Not going to eat that. Thank you, but no thank you. On the other hand, I've opened some bread like um, bagels. I don't know what they put in bagels. But I found some bagels that were hidden back behind stuff on the shelf. They'd been there about three months. And when I opened them up, there was no mold. I don't know what they put in those things, but obviously they put a lot of preservatives. Preservatives keep things from going bad. I'm not sure those preservatives and the bagels are good for us. Not quite sure. But you know what? God's preservation is impeccable. Amen. Amen. I don't know how we go through the things that we have to go through sometimes without going bad, growing mold, being discarded. But the scripture says that God will preserve us from all evil. He will preserve our soul. He will preserve our going out and our coming in. You know what that tells me? When you go out, the wild animals aren't going to eat you. The bandits aren't going to kill you. If you go out, you're going to come back safe. Amen. He's going to preserve your journey. You're going out. You're coming back in. It's all in his hands. And as they sang these songs on their journey, it encouraged them. They didn't sing it individually from time to time. They sang it together. They encouraged one another with songs. And the songs that they sang incorporate the elements of the prayer of Jabez. And I think we need to learn that. It's a good lesson. Oh, that thou wouldest bless me now indeed, O Lord, and enlarge my coast, that thy hand will be with me in all that I do, and keep me, keep me from trouble and from pain. And I close tonight with a reminder, and the Lord did what he asked for. Praise God. I'm not big on thinking about headstones and pithy little sayings on a headstone. But you know what? If God tarries and I have a headstone over me someday, a good saying on that headstone would be, God did what he asked for. I want that to be a legacy of faith in my life and in yours. I want God to hear our prayer. Don't be shy to pray the prayer of Jesus. The elements that we talked about, study. I want you to incorporate that into your life. Every step of the way, trust in God. Ask for his hand to be with you. Expand your influence. 
keep you from harm and from pain. God bless you, Jesus. Name.